This February, history will be made. Millions will watch as 80 years of unjust stigma is left in the past. A product that drove good people to the black market will be revealed as one that's creating a new global market. This February, what inspired the symbol of counterculture will at long last be seen as just culture. The new normal is coming. Will you be one of the first to see it? Visit medmen.com to watch an exclusive preview. Back Chat with Maria McCann. Michelle Dooley Mahan is a writer, performer and blogger. She was a bipolar asthmatic who was carrying five stone more than her four foot 11 inch frame should have been. She knew she was overweight, of course, but when she was diagnosed with diabetes, that triggered something in her and set her on a road which saw her lose four stone in five months and eliminate any need for medication. I met with Michelle recently in her home in Wexford Town, where she spoke with searing honesty and a very unique quirkiness about her life, her weight loss and how she cared for her beloved mother, Siobhan, who was dying from Alzheimer's which is a subject of her book, Scourged. Back chat with Maria McCann. I spent 10 years watching my mother disintegrate. And really, I can only call it a disintegration, an implosion of the body. And as there's a huge difference, as you know, between vascular and Alzheimer's dementia, one being like uh, the buildup of lime scale on a kettle. The Alzheimer's is a protein of platelets that coats the brain. The vascular, I describe in my book, Scourged, as like somebody stepping on a hose and, and turning off the blood supply momentarily and the damage that causes. So I was, I was watching that, uh, an illness I refer to in the book as death by a thousand cuts and uh, had really carers, I think, not only are they unspoken about and unheard about and there's houses up and down this country and there is stuff going on behind the doors that people would just not even believe. They wouldn't witness it. Uh, very, very handicapped uh, children, adults who only have access to winched buses irregularly, who have no medical aid, who are on a basic carer's allowance, sometimes have to sleep beside the person they're minding. And while we didn't have to go through that, we did have to, uh, to nurse a very beloved gentle mother in the early stages and in the confusion and rambling and sundowning into uh, into a nursing home. And then we worked that shift with her. We were with her every day. And I think in that we became singular in that there would be people all over the country, all over the world, for Christ's sake, who, who don't get visited, you know. Yeah. And so to then see not only do they come, but they come every day. And they're all over it. Well, I was on it like shite on a blanket, you know, and vociferous in, in my disapproval of anything. Did you find it hard to relate to her the way she became? She would have become a different person. She would look like your mother. Maybe she talked like your mother. Did, did you find it hard to relate to her as your mother as it took hold, the Alzheimer's took hold? Not for one second. Literally not for one second. Um, the director who's mentoring me at the moment said uh, in reference to uh, a read through the other day I don't think I've ever met anybody so connected to a presence in that Siobhan quickly became she seemed to slide through five stages almost like this and uh, became chair bound air bedded and then chair bound literally like Stephen Hawking like this held upright so she went from being the coolest mother in all of Ireland, literally, and the polar opposite of me, really quiet, really laid back, uh, a Carla woman, a Carla, a soft Carla voice. And uh, 
you know, uh, just gentle and, and loving and uh, an amazing presence and quiet uh, became the, what was really clear to me was that I had always bemoaned the fact I was a barren spinster and that I had never been enceinte with child and so then at one point this arrested development this menopausal broad who's massively obese and yet hilarious this wisecracking broad in and out of everybody's rooms taking flowers picking people up doing the yes I did it earlier uh, stuff I had no business doing knowing everything because I've always been that child rooting around and gatching so the the irony of losing a mother and gaining a child was not lost on me and I literally went she has become both mm. she has become both and so I related to her on two massive levels all the way through it and still do you still feel her with you I yeah mm. and really I mean people go she's losing her absolute mind uh, it's the so opposite of that uh, I did feel uh, that I carried her with me on the stage if you look at the footage of me on the Spiegel tent and I mean I was in a hoop that week uh, Siobhan had a horrific kidney infection, which uh, can't even be spoken about. So she was also mute. She was, you know, there was no speech, no speech at all. And so when you say, how did I react to her talking or there was nothing. She was immobile in the chair. And so the writer in me was noting and documenting all of this stuff. And even at the moment of her death was writing her death what was in my body and out of it at the same time and was literally going, Siobhan is dying here. She's taking her last breaths on this planet. And I don't know whether I'm going to get hysterical. I don't know whether I'm going to slide down the wall. Nobody talks about death. Nobody tells you stuff. It's it's almost the same little club of, of childbirth. Oh, you'll be grand. You'll forget it. Nobody says you're going to feel like you might be shitting a TV. Uh, and, you know, and you have to push through that. And I heard describe as trying to pull your upper lip over the top of your head. And that, absolutely. <laughs> Take that really, my You know my guilty pleasure is watching one born every, like, like this. <sighs> and, and instant tears coming every time the head crowns going, I am watching the miracle of life. And as a writer and as a woman and as a child, I am, and let's get this absolutely from the off, I am a child trapped in a hairy middle-aged woman's body. Oh, but I'm fighting back. I'm fighting back. I, I need to let that child out. She's outrageous. And uh, she is the scourge, and that's why I named the book Scourged. And that's now being adapted, <laughs> as if it was somebody else, being adapted by me into a play called The Scourge. Uh, that was commissioned by the Arts Centre over there. So in that as well, I'm trying to think, how can I bring the dichotomy of these two women, this tandem narrative, these two voices, the manic arrested development child who is still childlike and still and has feared death all of her life to somebody who can witness it for the charlatan that it is. Well, it's, it's a charlatan. Good. Death is a construct. Death is a construct. We know more. My mother's body is buried in the church she was married in. And her grave is a flower garden. It's a wild meadow and we plant it. We put wild seeds and my father tends it at 87, tends it and arrives there and chats with her. But he is as convinced as I am that we're in a universal energy. 
and that that's we, we arise in it and we leave and we go back to it and you know mm-hmm. uh, I absolutely if I was to be laid on a rack I believe that and I've pulled that in from years of study from meditation from John O'Donoghue from Eckhart Tolle from uh, the Dalai Lama from every major world religion from theocracy divinity quantum physics psychology it is all to do with energy thoughts and conditioned behavior and response and to believing what we've been taught to believe and we've also been taught to forget from people with an agenda when you were fat were you happy fat or was the happy version of you and the outgoing version of you and the version of you that was into everything to mask the fact that you weren't happy fat I don't even know what happy fat is though happy fat were you content with your fat body there was a there was a, a a crossroads. I mean, I could have literally said, "Okay, if I go left here, I just get fatter and fatter and fatter, and actually buy a Mac three for my neck beard, and get sedated, sit around in an egg stained cardigan, eating arrows and giant Easter eggs, and going, my life, look at my life, it's terrible, you know." And but the drama queen in me, the child that inhabits me, went, "Baby, you're only beginning." And somebody said to me recently, "Christ Almighty, how old are you?" And I said, "I'm going to be 53 in a few weeks." And they're like, "No way!" And I said, "Yeah, again, it is conditioned thought. I believe that I am childlike. Ergo, mm. I apparently don't even have, uh, as the fellow says, there's no wrinkles in a balloon. You know, I've had a lovely big fat roundy face for years, and now it's just I didn't want that skeletal. It's one of the blessings, you know. Jesus, you need yeah. to have a good face in your fifties. You need a bit of fat And you can hang ass. all the rest of it on it. Choose the arse or the face. I have no arse now. I've no arse. <laughs> I've lost it. I've lost my booty. <laughs> so what was that trigger then? The trigger, Jesus, was uh, my GP saying, so did you know you were diabetic? When I prostrated myself across her desk and said, Christ almighty, I am massive. I'm aching. I'm so depressed. Even my hair hurts. I'm demented. I'm insomniac. Give me some steroids. I've got the flu. I have a chest infection. Um, I can't. It was just a litany of stuff. And then she said, Michelle, A, you're an unmedicated bipolar person. And B, you are massively obese and now diabetic. And I went, huh. And then I went, all of that's labels. And I am running my body and my life on the label, hanging on it. Which of those hit you the most, though? The diabetes. The diabetes. diabetes. Yeah, the diabetes. Like, it was a no-brainer. For 20 years, I have subsisted when not fed by others on a diet entirely consisting of caffeine, chocolate, and nicotine. Okay. Uh, I run around all day. I speed drink espresso and Americanos. I smoke fags. Uh, I run around. When I hit a sugar slump, I'd have a piece of carrot cake or a panini. And then at night, at midnight, after typing thousands of words, go, Christ, did I have dinner? And then would eat an entire, you know, uh, the way the supermarkets, like from January, do three, four, five, we're on the Cadbury's eggs. Uh-huh. Oh, baby. They must think I have 800 nephews because I was buying eggs like you know they were going out of fashion uh, three for five you say okay what am I watching on Netflix okay there's my egg there's my guilty plan you know it's serotonin it's dopamine it's my only vice said she you know curing herself from Prosecco binges but I bet you didn't taste half of them 
they just went down like you just it's you see them. that I'm rolling a cigarette now right mm-hmm. but it was the same cons- compulsive behavior uh, I'm an addict I have addictive tendencies but now my addiction which is beautiful has managed to channel itself into Jesus the weight has fallen off me let's see where I can take this mm. how about I condition my hair once in a while and stop outrageously letting it look like Kate but you should see it down well you did <laughs> did you see the photo of me last night out there like somebody said you're like Stevie Nicks I went I'll have it I'll have Stevie Nicks baby yeah it's better than like Joe Brand mm. I'm morphed from Joe Brand into Stevie Nicks and I want to meet the other one who do I become this time next year you know so when you started when you left the doctor's surgery and you, she says you're a Michelle you're a Michelle you're a diabetic and you knew that sugar was the thing Straight away, did you think, oh, well, I might lose a stone. That could be good for me. Did you ever have, did you have a clue that five months down the line, you'd be five stone lighter? A, no. And B, uh, as soon as I was diagnosed, I had to see a, a diabetic practitioner, a diabetic nurse, who is specific for the condition and usually in type 2 diabetes in people who've just been diagnosed usually in women and usually in big fat heavy women over 40 and here's the kicker once you're holding that ring of stomach that's what I call I posted a photo of myself as my before and after that shit went like 600 likes that's why you're sitting here now because you just went what and uh, the beauty of it is uh Almost by accident, I get to talk about how how that happened. So she says, uh, we need to make an appointment for you to see her, come up and see her. And I swear to God, it must be part of their brief when they're doing this specific diet, diabetic stuff, frightening the living bejesus out of them. Because she was talking about horror stories, blindness, kidney failure, stroke, heart attack. Um, you can never wear flip-flops again. You can never use a hot water bottle again because of the sensitivity in your feet. Here's your glucometer. Here's your eye in my innocence thought. She'd hand me a diet sheet and say, here's your can't-haves and can't-haves mm-hmm. and now wander off and, and get better. Uh, but it was like, get your kid off and get up on that uh thing till I check neuropathy in your feet neuropathy it's for lack of sensation so she's using these plastic needles can you feel this can you feel that I have sand all over my feet and scarlet toenails and she then says uh, because I'd had a shower but I'd put the sandy boots back on and so she says uh, no you, you mustn't go barefoot anymore what uh, you can't so I just went that's not how Michelle rolls yeah. frightened me when she started then I had uh, I had an ECG for the first time in my life and then she put a blood pressure cough on and had to do it twice and then said your blood pressure is dangerously sky high I need you to wear this monitor for 24 hours the photo I sent you is of that hot mess with the barrage balloons of boobs right four swimming rings the big sulky old head in me because I have the cough on and I'm like I won't close my eyes tonight <laughs> drama queen much oh I won't sleep don't they know who I think I am and so the next thing of all uh, went back up after getting the cough off and then get a bag a big war chest of stuff meters and filters and needles and a waste bin for needles and stuff and stuff and stuff go and see can you do anything uh, we drop in those blood sugars and we, we, we won't medicate you yet and I went ever 
as I close the door. And one thing that is absolutely renowned about me is I'm a contrarian. If they say it cannot be done, I'll show them a hundred ways it can. So everybody that I spoke to said, oh, you'll never do it. Oh my God, five stone overweight, like five and a half stone overweight. What? You'll never do it. How are you going to do that on your own? You'll need to do shakes. You'll need to take pills. Get shit off the internet. Why don't you join a class and weigh yourself in little and often? And I went, no. So I went into Oxfam and bought a pair of MBTs for 10 bucks, strapped them on my hooves and pranced around the industrial estate in black lycra leggings while the vans and cars hooted and beeped. Now, whether they were actually guffawing across the steering wheel or whether they were going, go baby, yeah. the jury's out. Mm-hmm. But here's the kicker. I just went, fuck them. I'm doing this you know and so I was in a battle with myself with all those horror stories with every condition thought I'd ever ever manifested and I had proved absolutely point blank the more energy you send to fat and weight the faster you bring it look at the size of me oh I can't have this so now you attach that energy to the thing you cannot have whether it's Pringles or a chicken curry or in fact all those eggs so every time you're eating them your subconscious is running this installed virus now you're going to get fatter now you're going to get fatter ergo you become it and then when you are now size 22 i was a size 22 and i'm four foot 11 you know i lost an inch oh by the way she weighed and measured me this is a kicker for your listeners we she measured me and she goes bust 48 and i went yeah go me go me and then she goes waste now, this was the kicker because she's now so close to me, so close to me. She's bending around me, trying to get this thing to go around me. And we're much closer than most people who've just met would be mm-hmm. in that moment. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're literally, her cheek is to my stomach. And I'm like, oh, this is no good at all. <laughs> so, 48 inches, <laughs> right? And then Boston waist, 48. And then she goes, hips. This is the fan de siècle, 48. So I said, are you telling me I'm the same the whole way around? And she goes, everything is just one big. So I said, I'm now an egg on legs, which I did look like because I had tiny legs. And uh, yeah, so I was just this big round ball. I was like Humpty Dumpty for Christ's sake, you know. There's almost a sort of a, a poetry about that thing as you were scoffing so many actual eggs. I became an egg. You yeah. see, we become what our focus of intent is. Mm-hmm. So I just went, if I have proven to myself that I made myself gigantic by thinking about giganticism and all of the energy about weight and depression and mania and loss and grief and reaction and love and babies and men and sex... Every single thing I believe about anything is only a thought I had once. Usually installed by somebody else. She's a fine lump of a child. You see? So what did you eat during that time? Okay, first of all, they need to check out my blog at shellakipookie.blogspot.com. And there's two blogs there that, and there's another one coming. Uh, the first one is called Diabesity. And it literally explains how I gave myself type 2 diabetes by being morbidly obese and the steps I took that I was starting. So this was the start of the journey. Shrink much was my four stone weight loss with my before and after photos. And people just went mental reading that and going, wow, and scrolling down because I banged up photos of like, there's one of me in KFC 
I mean, people they should have broke the internet. And my face is as wide as I think the KFC window. And I'm sitting in a pair of Oaks, hangry. I have a big old hangry head on me going, give me a five for five before I kill you. And all I'm thinking of is, get the chicken and chips into you as fast as you're able and then get the treble chocolate cookie. The treble chocolate cookie that tastes like it's been fried in grease and then rolled around on a virgin's thighs. <laughs> And then wrapped in plastic. Uh, yeah, so that, that's, I put all of those up. And basically, I removed the sugar. I removed the sugar. And it was literally like flicking a switch. I am still smoking, as you can see. But I've heard people who smoke say, I made a conscious decision. I was now a non-smoker. So almost as if your brain rewires the center of the body that goes, you need to smoke now. Mm-hmm. I did that with sugar. I and you went walking every day. I went walking every day, do or die, if I was in a hoop or a hot mess with a migraine or really, really emotionally, mentally low or exhausted, I still strapped on those MBTs and I, it was killing me. Mm-hmm. And at one point, it, uh, somebody said, uh, Jesus Christ, how hard was it to lose all that weight? And I went, not as hard as carrying it. <laughs> Which is a very good point. Very good point. Maria, I was coming up the street one day with a friend of mine and uh, coming, there's a, quite a steep hill here, right? Yeah. And I shop in the supermarket at the bottom and it, it's my daily haunt. And at the height of my, of my sedation, I was on lithium for seven months. And that, I can't even begin to describe it, was gorgeous. But I, my daily pilgrimage was to that supermarket to get dog food, coffee, chocolate and fire logs Mm. you know and so up and down up and down up and down and the lithium manages to turn off the serotonin and dopamine that are making the chemicals in your brain go that makes every thought and every color lodge in my head that i'm literally doing there's an episode of king of the hill where chan the dude the japanese dude next door is off his meds and i watched it and went Oh, I'm bloated because he's folding laundry, painting self portraits, working at complicated formulas, building things. And I went, that's me in the house of an average evening. And sitting in this house, you can see like it is, and it is an outpouring. This house should be, I mean, I know none of you can see this house, but it should be, you should see it in a film sometime because it's just, I can't even begin to describe it. It's, it has such personality. And also it has such peace, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Don't you feel a peace in here? Mm-hmm. It's something I work hard to keep in here and I'm aware of it and I'm very, very good about recognising when the peace is destroyed in a place or when energy has fractured it. And so I like to... Uh, uh, because I live alone as well, I can be in my body. So uh, to get back to your question that you keep asking, uh, I cut out the sugar and that was the absolute... No brainer for me because I went, sugar did this, mm. sugar will stop it. And the sugar had been magnified by 5,000% by the lithium, which turns off serotonin and dopamine. You see, it's long-winded, but I do retain it on some level. And uh, then turns up hunger. So it turns up a hunger. And I've always been renowned for having stuff lying around the house, biscuits or chocolate or cake for when people come in. Mm. But they'd be sitting there. And if you came next week, that box of shortbread on the microwave would still be there you know it wouldn't be eaten but on lithium that shit was gone there was nothing I was like this 
And so that's how I gained all of that weight. And then I went, okay, sugar did all of this. No more sugar. And literally cutting it out and in an exhausted state standing hanging over the trolley in that very supermarket that I had cried leaving the thing was I was coming up the hill and when I got to the crossroads could not take one more step couldn't carry the shopping couldn't take a step every bone aching hurting fighting to breathe I'm asthmatic did I mention asthmatic as well as all the other stuff asthmatic I've inhalers and uh I literally stood at the crossroads. It was like a Robert Johnson moment, baby. I stood at the crossroads and cried. And then I literally picked the... Sh- and my friend didn't do any of the usual shit that people do going, oh, hon, it'll be all right. No, hon. She just witnessed it. Mm. She just witnessed this moment, this transformational moment. And I just went, this, this, can't, this can't go on. I can't stand this, literally. And so then I literally used a combination of walking cutting out sugar consistently reading the backs of the packets people go oh i don't take sugar in my tea i go well well done you you fat pig uh come here and stop telling lies what are you eating and they go oh i don't know it's just my and i go right whatevs because only somebody huge can call it with you do you know what i mean and can go dude wake up already you know, and I even said to a friend of mine recently, I'm not, I don't want to transform the world and I don't want to hector you about your weight, but I need you to witness it and then you make that choice. Go big or go home. That's my mantra now, go big or go home. But I did say to a friend of mine, how about you just buy bigger clothes and just do your hair and, you know, like accept that because that, that, that's who you are then. You know, it's not about that. To me, I think anybody's happy in their body. Be happy. I was very unhappy in mine. There are big, beautiful women. And there are women who are beautiful because they're big and accept it. And they magnify it. And they were beautiful stuff for, you know, I'm not the fat, happy school. And I'm also not... uh, the huge big dresses and uh, you know wear big beads to disguise the rest embrace it so it seems like both sides of you match now the way you thought about yourself in your head is the way you are now when you look in the mirror yeah but on uh, diabetes I drew a, I, I actually have the sketch I believe in showing the universe. People talk about the secret as if it was a friggin' secret. It's not. It's thousands of years old. It's quantum physics. It's psychology. It's using your own intuitive ability. It's the power of prayer. And there's a line I use in Scourge that actually says, we honor what we are praying to. You know, if you can find your own inner peace, if you can find uh, at one point at the height of my mania, I literally thought I was going to be sectioned. Uh, Things had taken a toll for me where that constant speeding highs, that serotonin, those fizzing synapses. When I lie down at night, Maria, there's color. It's like a kaleidoscope. It's insomnia by the power of 10. It's an addiction to Stillnacht. The first night I took one went... I love this. The second night, it didn't work. You know, you're like a heroin addict. You're always chasing that shot of heroin. The first night I ever took one, I literally, somebody hit me in the face with a frying pan, you know, and I just went, whatever that was, I need to have it always and everywhere with me Mm -hmm. because I need to be able to go, turn off the whole of Michelle into... And which Michelle then is the best Michelle? I mean, uh, uh, 
Oh, yes. I get the impression that when you were on like the medication and you went to that 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 stifled Michelle, if you like, and it wasn't you know you weren't able to be your true self. I met a friend of mine uh, on the main street in that state, and I was literally. Uh, so sedated and so massive and so pale and wrung out and exhausted and so monosyllabic that he was absolutely driven to stop. This is in a gale, freezing day, sideways sleet. And he and I sheltered, lying up against the bank in the lee of the wall for 45 minutes while he gesticulated wildly. And I think he had literally to arrest me in the moment. And the beautiful movement he made was hands to heaven and said, fuck them, they have turned out your light. That was lovely. Well, it penetrated yeah. the fog. It penetrated the fog and it needs, I need grand passion and grand drama and language. When people say to me, yeah, okay, I read it. I go, Yes, but tell me like Oscar Wilde. Tell me with passion. Tell me you lay on a chaise longue, sipping Manhattans while you read it. Tell me what colour the sky was. Tell me every. Tell me what was on the TV when you were reading. Tell me out of ten. So can you imagine? That's where I live. That's where, that's the space I inhabit. So when he had to go big or go home to tell me. What's it like coming up that hill now? I run up that hill now. Literally. In fact, you know the brawl I just told you about who witnessed my complete uh, breakdown moment on it and saw the tears? Uh, she and I were walking up there about three weeks ago and, uh, I, you know, we were like, I was I was pushing it. I was pretty much pushing it, right? And then I noticed her keeping up, right? And then I went, hold on, she's keeping up. And then I went, if I open a gear, is she going to keep up? And I watched her skip in time to match my pace. And I went, she gave it to me. She gave it to me. And then I went, I'm bringing it. So I literally, almost like somebody going into fourth, I went, and then literally came to the top and stood, you know, as if, oh, just the traffic is stopping me going. I gave it back. I said, yeah, but we we, we both know I did it. I did it easy, kid. I did it easy. So not only did you beat her, but you patronised her. Yes, she absolutely loves me. I am, in fact, outrageous. You know, there's a line I use in uh, in the blog, uh, Shrink Much, where I uh, liken it to, uh, I talk about, look at you running across this road. Look at you with your boobs swinging and your belly bouncing. Look at you in your platform boots. Uh, look at you in your diabetic blood and your fizzing synapses on your arthritic bones, in your asthmatic body. Look at you running, you crazy, crazy, beautiful little bitch. Backchat with Maria McCann. You've been listening to another Backchat one-on-one with Maria McCann. You can find all episodes of Backchat at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Lowe's knows you'll do it right and do it yourself to save on what you need to make stylish updates to your kitchen and bathroom. We do it right too by offering Delta kitchen and bathroom faucets and accessories. Both feature spot shield technology so you don't have to worry about water spots and stains. Stop in today and save on Delta's Valdosta collection. It comes in a variety of finishes so you get the look that's right for you. Whatever project is next on your to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Skydiving. This is amazing. 
Yeah, but you know what else is amazing? An iPhone 6S for just 49 bucks at Metro. Really? Imagine streaming all the way down with that amazing camera. I'm switching. That's smart. You know what else is smart? Parachutes. Woo! Switch to Metro and get an amazing iPhone 6S for only 49 bucks. Metro by T-Mobile. Phone offer requires port in of number not currently active on T-Mobile Network or active on Metro in past 90 days. See store for details and terms and conditions.